0: Good morning, Liz. Good morning, glenn Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah. It's um it's been a week. Yeah, it has. For everyone. For I mean Texas is still in the thick of it. Um what a mess. What a mess. What a we mess. had it last week, Portland. Yeah. Portland metro area. Never seen I've never witnessed the kinds of damage and destruction we had to our trees and buildings. Um,
1: power outages.
0: Power <laughs> I had my ex-husband living here with us for two
1: days. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs>
1: well, that's pretty wild.
0: The bright side of a um, blended family. There you go. Yeah. Make the most of it. Yeah. But I, um. I've been thinking a lot and I know you have been too um, about we're a year in to this pandemic and this massive disruption and it's long since worn thin. And I was reading an article about the impact um, as the backbone of caring for everyone um, and the people who had to drop out of the workforce more so than men how we're doing how women are doing to cultivate resilience when we're losing um we're being deprived of so many relationships and so i was hoping that you and i could talk a little bit about some of those um life hacks or or just mental hacks (laughs) because some of it is stuff you can do to replicate the sense of community but some of it is what we just have to do within ourselves, which is, as you know, I find really hard because of the 12 squirrels that are always running
1: around in my head. So uh, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, as you and I texted earlier in the week yeah, this is, this is coming up with clients a lot and we are going on a year and no one expected this to last a year, a couple of weeks or a couple of months was what everyone really had in their minds. And I'm hearing a lot of conversation about loss just a feeling of loss of this or that um, sometimes simple things just touch or mm-hmm. being in the same room with others mm-hmm. and sometimes big things um, and the big things are different to different people um, and it caused me to um, go do some reading and go on the internet and i always told my kids don't believe everything you read on the internet but you know, if nothing else, the the sparks, some conversation and some brainstorming, I did set this up in case we wanted to spend some time um, because as I really read into some history and go back into um, conversations about uh, concentration camp survivors. you know what set apart those that survived from those that didn't, And I know it's super complex, but what I'm trying to pick up are what are those things that individuals did mentally for themselves, whether they recognize that or not at the time um, that we can take away and and play with a little bit to see if these ideas um, can lead to something more modern day. Um, And so an example is our stories out there about concentration camp survivors, one in particular, a story of a group of about 30 people. And in that group of 30, there was one who decided for whatever reason to count the number of chews of food and water very intentionally as he ate, because you can imagine, there was very little to eat or drink and um, he shared that with the rest of the group that he was going to start counting um, that and to be very intentional about each two and he had many of them say he was crazy um, but two others decided to join him and of the 30 that survived the concentration camp um, it was only three and it was those three and so there's you know information about well maybe chewing that many times, and they they ultimately got to the point where they would chew over a hundred times each bite, and actually make that chewing motion even with the water. You know a lot of information or thought that it was, it's about physical, uh, about the nutrients, about the the breakdown in the body, and it very well could be. Um, hmm. And I, I just was wondering, was it at least in part also the mental packing of your mind to uh, have yourself be chewing many times through the day, many more than any of the others uh, that were in that camp? Um, and, and did it, it make your brain believe that they had more food and more water than what they actually did physically intake? And then as I read more, some survived because um, they made a very intentional goal of trying to remember um, all of the fun family times that they had and and writing books about those times, which had to be so hard. But they didn't avoid that. In fact, those that wrote down the fun and the love and the community that they had shared previously did better. And those that actually wrote down cookbooks of the meals that were so powerful in their culture, to preserve um, the the heritage, the legacies that they wanted to ensure that their children and grandchildren, or others in the community, would be able to carry on after them, um, did much better. So it's much as as much about I think food and community around a meal mm-hmm. is very human and very yeah. much a love connection. Um, but also I'm sure they got angry, but not focusing only on the anger about what they didn't have, but regarding and really get into, getting into detail about those loving memories of community or whatever made them feel whole and healthy and writing them down and reflecting on them and talking to others in the camp about nice. them.
0: It's what's resonating to me about what you're describing is that um, a concentration camp is the epitome of deprivation in every on every level of existence, right, and um, that the the resilience stemmed from ritual from preserving the spiritual, emotional, and even the, the physical sustenance rituals mm-hmm. and that that sounds like that's what sustained them and it's it's hard to compare um, it's hard to compare what we're going through to being in a concentration camp and um, and at the same time, I feel like there's some lesson that we can take, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking about how sick of each other. <laughs> my family, my family is and, um, and we're struggling to even have the basic, most basic motivation to, um, to interact. Everyone's on their phones all the time. Everyone's surly all the time. And actually, if I'm being honest, I'm finding myself retreating within and, and i'm having a hard time fighting against that and so um i've come up with some hacks to your point okay and they don't they don't it's not the same it's not gonna it can't replace the sense of community entirely but um i've started a book club that as you know and we part of, part of trying not to make things worse for ourselves is not pressuring ourselves to have done any amount of reading. We meet every two weeks and it's like, you just show up, you show up if you can. Oh good. You're going to write that one down. Um, you show up if you can, we talk a little bit about the books, but more, it's just, we check in with each other and, um, i find myself thinking of it sometimes as just one more thing but then i show up and then when i hang up i am blown away by how restored i feel just from connecting with other people and of all we have all generations represented in the book club um the other thing i think is has been community service which of course is is hard because that means you go out and we're, we're trying to be safe and stuff but every saturday for the past year my older two kids and i have joined with our community members doing um a service called packed with pride where we're boxing up um food and then giving it to the drivers who take it around to the people that don't have enough food and I think that's probably the single most thing that has, um, it's replicated what I used to have in the office, going in the office or going running with my girlfriends um, because we're, we're being physical and we're being safe. It's all socially distant, but it's probably the four hours in the week that I actually feel not in, as ensconced. In, in the deprivation and and just in this stress that of who's worrying about who's suffering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you? What are some of your hacks?
1: I, I'll play on this one a little bit. Um, I, I hear people just, they miss the office. Now they never thought they would say that, but they do miss the office. And so some of the office was about, moving around and so i do think we've all gotten into a habit of one zoom call after another after another and they're scheduled back to back and we sit or we run in between and i'm wondering do we do what we used to do in the office where you allow a meeting to only last 45 or 50 minutes to give people travel time in between um and do the same thing on zoom people need a break Um, and then during the break, they walked. So in between zoom calls, um, we could do two to three minute walks. Even if it's just across the room and back a few times, um, it could be on the phone with somebody, just a quick five minute check-in call. Like, Hey, how are you doing? So walk, calls, obviously. How about this one? Look at this one.
0: Yeah. In between my Zoom calls.
1: There you go. Jump.
0: (laughs) I got this for Amelia because she was, you know. Yeah. Because she has ADHD and she needs to get her energy out because there's no recess, as to your point. But I should be
1: using that. You should. I mean, that's a great. That's what you're saying? Yeah, you got the Bozy ball or you got the little mini trampoline or a balance beam, you know, do something. Um, It doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't have to take a long time. And it doesn't have to be an hour at the end of the day or an hour before you could be two to three minutes throughout the day and really rack up a lot of minutes uh, of movement. Maybe this
0: is oversimplifying. But I honestly feel like you're making me have an epiphany right now because when I think about the, you know, we're all tired, we're all feeling deprived, depressed, stressed. When I think about exercising the way that I did prior to the pandemic, which was considerable, um, it just seems like one more thing to me and it's so crushing. But when I think about, okay, just jump on a trampoline for five minutes, that's not daunting at all. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing that.
1: Yeah. And when we think about even getting on the treadmill, Um, it could be for one minute. It could be for one lap. It could be, you know, challenge yourself to do 10 laps in a day and it can be, you know, back and forth, but you know, just be a little bit lighter (laughs) with all the expectations we had and use um, the movement um, and and community service uh, as ways to mind hack your brain to think we are we are kind of getting back to normal or we can create a little bit of normalcy another Mm -hmm. one I hear a lot about is everyone misses concerts you know music is you know so fun and it's art and it means so much and it means community so You know, concerts. Um, We have concerts available to us on YouTube, on just general TV. Um, We have just all kinds of music apps that have live music available. You know, can we with our own little families just pretend, (laughs) you know, we are enjoying a concert and, you know, take the lights down and, make it fun and and enjoy it um just different things like that that's I- a really
0: that you you just hit the nail on the head for me that um there are bands that are doing lot they're live streaming now in fact okay. a friend of mine from college is in a band and um called rogue wave and he hosted it you you know it was like five dollars and um he had a playlist but he was also taking requests Mm-hmm. um, in the chat and it was amazing. Plus you could interact with all of the people, you know, if it's, um, like this, we, we knew a lot of the people I had gone to college with them and I was seeing all these names pop up. And so you could see people being like, Hey, Dan Beveridge, Hey, Allie Gerard. Like it was so, it created
1: community to your point. Yeah um this is one that i'm always surprised comes up but um we live in a world where we have not only computers but we have um, laptops we have ipads we have phones so we can take these zoom calls wherever we want to And yet I see so many people sitting at the same desk with their headphones on and all their contraptions and they feel like they're chained to the desk. And then they wonder why they're feeling chained to the desk. When you were at work, you were moving around. Um, You might move from office to office. You might move from meeting room to meeting room you might move from building to building is there any reason why we can't port in different areas of our homes just to mix it up a little bit millie could teach people
0: about that she likes to attend school from under the dining room table on the couch Mm -hmm. under her bed one time Mm -hmm. so yeah people need to take a page from a second grader
1: yeah Yeah, I think a lot of us believe we should have our main office in a place, in a chair, or even if the desk is a standout, at that desk. And who says? Who says? Um, Figure out the new places. A lot of people this time of year, it is so hard, even besides this horrible winter, um, without the sunlight, you know, just the gray. um, So, sun lamps. Um, there are alarms that actually um, go off by the light shining brighter and brighter and brighter as it gets close to two times. So, so, sun alarms. Have we really tapped into all the different ways, new ways, to create that normalcy we were used to?
0: I have one more for you. Yeah. Um, This just came from last night. So, you know, we haven't seen my extended family, my sister, um, my brothers. I haven't seen any of them for a year. And my niece's birthday was last night and um, we decided to do a zoom. Well, so they were having their dinner. We were having our dinner and she's gotten us all into survivor and so we've had a survivor trivia competition it was so great we had my husband we had the zoom on my husband's computer and then i had my computer and i was reading the trivia questions and we went through several rounds um and it was so much fun it felt like we actually spent quality time together even though we weren't physically next to each other In fact, both my niece and my sister texted me later that night said, that was so fun. Can we do that again? And uh, yeah, it was was great. Best thing that I've done in a while. Yeah.
1: I think another one is perspective. Hmm. And what I mean by that is I got a call from my mother-in-law. First, it started with a text and then it became a call yesterday and she said you know i know you and liz are doing these videos and i just this week started really watching them and i want you to know you all really talk a lot about how to make things better and how to improve things for women quite a bit you also seem to um, take it pretty hard and it makes me want to tell you, all of you out there that are watching these videos, that regardless of how little you believe you're doing or that you might not be good enough, think about it from my perspective. This is Judy talking That uh, she's over 70. What if this pandemic had happened when I was your age, raising my two boys? And we wouldn't have been able to allow them to leave the house and play with their friends, because they would have had to have stayed apart from their friend, and they would never have kept their masks on so I couldn't have allowed it. And she said, that's really all we did in those days, was let the boys go out and play with friends run around the neighborhood bicycle to this house or this house. Besides." having them get their homework done and not being able to leave the house until they got their homework done Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and send them to their room to get their homework done. She said, imagine if this had happened 40 years ago. Um, You all as women are doing a wonderful job. You have technology, you have a new way of being a mother. And we can get into that another time, which is about how do you work with your kids and work with them individually to be sure they're doing the very best that they can do, but also putting some of this responsibility on your kids and not assuming that you as the mom have to absolutely figure this out 100%. Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, I I've, I've started making my kids do chores for a while. I stopped once they were doing school again. And then it to your to Judy's point, then it just piles even more on us. and then it makes me more resentful and more bitter. And even though I guess what I've realized is that yes, they're they are suffering, and to them having to do, chore is one more boring thing. However, it's part of the social contract, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the thing is that the social contract still has to, to be preserved and it's not just on us moms to do it. So, um I don't know, that gives me another idea that yeah. I might, I might have my kids maybe take turns making a meal, like making dinner for us. Yeah. It might be the most disgusting dinner I've ever eaten, but instead what happens like last night, I spent four hours making dinner and my husband, cause he eats anything was like, this is amazing. I thought it was pretty decent, but both my daughters were like, oh, mom, we've eaten this chicken with branch like 500 times. Can you cook something else? And it just deflated me. So I am going to turn that around and say, "Yeah, let's eat something else. You're going to cook it. Yeah, even if it's, you made us mac and cheese. Yeah. You know, how much respect is that showing them? Yeah. Okay, I love it. I'm going to do that tomorrow. And tomorrow,
1: kids are making dinner. Hey, it's back to that meal thing. I'm really starting to get a sense about how important meals are to all of us Mm -hmm. and it frankly doesn't matter the quality of the food Mm -hmm. it's not the important thing it's the camaraderie it's the community that it builds it's the love that it shows that somebody was vulnerable enough to try to make something to show their love to the rest of their family or their friends and be willing to go out there a little bit. So to involve the kids in that early on, especially right now when we all are at home, would be awesome. Well, well, I think the epiphany I'm having right
0: now is, um, yes, they'll probably grumble, but they're grumbling regardless without, because they have no stimulus, right? right? They're so isolated and bored. And so, but that's why I don't, Push them to do things they don't want to do, or at least I shy away from it, is because I don't, I'm just exhausted by the grumbling. But the grumbling's going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. So, it tomorrow is. night, kids are
1: cooking. It is. I mean, what would you rather them grumble more about? The fact that um, you didn't give them enough time on their device, or that they had to actually get out there and, and figure out how to create a meal and learn something.
0: Or that I just, I came in their room and brought them laundry that they have to put away. <gasps> right. Do you know how much laundry I put away, Mom? Uh, you know how much laundry we do?
1: <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I've gotten some great life hacks today, Gwen. Well, I happened to hear a Coldplay song today. Um, mm. I was dropping Isley off to school. It's called Everyday Life. And if I heard it right, I came back and wrote this down. A partial lyric in their song is, we are the future of history.
0: We are the future of history.
1: So all this stuff, even though we may grumble, our partners may grumble and our kids may grumble we are creating the next history yeah and usually they remember the good stuff they'll they'll talk about it um they might remember some of the bad stuff too but you know i'd love for you know anybody that watches this video to, to let us know what ideas do they have what have they already done that's working so that we can really create a better, a better history.
0: That quote, that that song lyric, reminds me of like smoking doobies in college and sitting in the gutter thinking, thinking deep thoughts, or well, at least thoughts that thoughts that we thought were deep at the time. Maybe, maybe they were. <laughs>
1: but it spoke to me today that Judy's history with her kids is very different than the history she's hearing us create with our kids and i'm not sure we recognize that unless we hear that from the former generations to provide us with a little bit of perspective so i i really appreciated that the wisdom of judy the thank you judy.
0: judy
1: maybe we'll have to have judy on sometime how's that
0: we should we should invite judy
1: <laughs> oh she still love it all right. Well, so that thank was you, it. my friend. Thank you. Thank you. We'll uh, see you soon. Yes, you will. All right. See you very soon. All right. Sounds good.
0: Bye.